Hello and welcome to another episode of Geek Sweat. Everything you need in a show for all you sweaty geekers out there. You are now tuned in to the MKH Cut. This is my, I don't know, obtuse review of original content made for streaming platforms such as Netflix and Amazon Prime. Today I am joined and I'm happy to be joined by First of all, Jay. Hi, Jay. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. How's everyone? And also, TJ. Hi. Howdy. Thanks uh, excellent. In a word, guys, how are you? In a word. Tired. And Exasperated. Okay, you just wanted to outdo uh, Jay by a few syllables. That's I'm, nice. I'm, 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 I'm a simple person. Yeah. <laughs> I don't try to be intelligent. I am intelligent. I just don't need to prove yeah. it. <laughs> you know what? I, I think I, I just wanted to add the unnecessary syllables because of the additional stuff that you have to do in uh, these times, I think. Yeah, and for the lucky, I don't know, few that get to see the video of this, you will get to find out that uh, Trevor looks like he is in a Siberian um, s snowstorm right now and he's managed, he's managed to digitally <laughs> remove all the snow coming down because <laughs> it, it, it's a sight to behold. Uh, you know, I think I'm channeling Kurt Russell on the thing and I'm just worried that an ancient alien animal is going to jump out the window and uh, consume me. I, I was I was thinking of um, Luke Skywalker emerging from that camel thing <laughs> <laughs> in uh, one of the original trilogy. Um, there wasn't a lot of blood in that scene, was there? I think there should have been more blood in that scene if you think about it. Well, it's an alien. It's a it's an alien beast, so maybe they don't have to live on so much blood like we do on Earth. Yeah, yeah. Don't know, maybe. Um, but it was supposed to be for kids, wasn't it? Back then, that's why there wasn't so much blood. Yeah, I don't know. We're diverting at the moment. Anyway, today <laughs> we will be uh, speaking about and reviewing Coming to America. Not Coming to America, Coming to, the number to America, signifying a sequel. Um, and this is a first for the MKH Cut. We're actually reviewing a Amazon Prime release. So everything up until this point has been a Netflix original. Also, spoiler alert, we're going to be spoiling some of the things in this. So don't worry, go away, watch the film, come back, and we'll still be here. Uh, so it provides a little bit of a context to what we will be mentioning. Um, before we do a deep dive, guys, quickly, what were your first thoughts of the film? Uh, Jay, first. Oh, my first thought. I, I, this is going to be interesting. That's what I thought because, well, do I need to go into that now or is, is it going to come later? No, no, that's all, that's all I wanted. Like, no, just, okay. just, just uh, abridged of what you're going to unpack later in this episode. So right. okay, this is this going is... to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I, 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 and Trevor? Um, I was, funny enough, I was actually fortunate to see Dolomite. Uh, a little bit before it came coming to America came out. So I was seeing a crossover cast and it was kind of nice to see Wesley Snipes and Eddie Murphy in a different context. Okay, excellent. 
thank you for that. Different context over from Trevor. Okay, f- my first thoughts were that I've made a lot of sacrifices for this podcast, and I think watching this film was my biggest. <laughs> we will unpack in a moment. Okay, in terms of the casting um, <laughs> for um, this sequel, what did we think? Did did we enjoy not only the, the characters that came back, but do we did we enjoy the additional new characters that were introduced into this, I guess, uh, Eddie Murphy Wakanda universe type thing? So we can start with who came back. Obviously, we had... Uh, everybody. <laughs> well, you say everybody... <laughs> They they didn't they didn't return the, the sister so Lisa had a sister that never returned yeah, Lisa had an ex boyfriend that never returned the, the the prince of the soul glow empire yeah, he never yeah. returned and um, Samuel Jackson's uh, crackhead character yeah but he, he he was an armed robber in the original I mean, he, he he might have served his time he might have yeah. served his time to be fair yeah because. Years, yeah, exactly. He would have been out. He didn't kill anyone. He just shot a roof. He killed <laughs> yeah. a roof. He yeah. would have been released by then. So uh-huh. technically, you could have had him. Okay, so most people came back. Obviously, you had Hakeem and uh, you had uh, King uh, Jafar, the, the dad who had a, a short cameo. You had the singer. I can't remember what the singer was named. Uh, Randy yeah. Watson. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the mum... Uh, Hakeem's um, um, mum never came back. I think she died. She passed away. Yeah, Possible she passed away. Then. She passed away sadly. And um, but yeah, more or less. Even the even the barking woman came back yes. for, for a short period. So it was quite jam packed when you look about when you look at the original cast that actually came mm-hmm. back. And then you had a whole slew of new um, arrivals, shall we say? So we had uh, Wesley Snipes playing the dictator of the neighboring nation General mm-hmm. yeah. yes and um you had his daughter who was played by uh tiana taylor the singer slash model okay uh, yeah and you had he, he yep exactly and he had a son who was from um power power fame but he's also a singer in real life and rapper in real life or is Olu Rotimi Akinosho, but he's a Nigerian American actor known as Rotimi. Yeah, yeah. So that that gentleman, and you also had um, Tracy Morgan. Yeah, Tracy Morgan, and oh, what was what was the the mother of the son's name? The legitimate son. Illegitimate. Oh, Leslie Jones. Yeah, Leslie he Jones as well. Yeah. yeah, and you, you had the son, obviously. Um, for me, in a nutshell, I didn't care about any of the new edition. Like I could have, I could have lived without them. Like the only person I would have loved to have seen was Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes' character was was just fantastic, just for comedic timing and stuff like that. I I really wish there was a film that featured Wesley Snipes' dictator and Sasha Baron Cohen's dictator, General Aladdin. I wish they shared the same universe <laughs> and there was a film opposite. I, I, I could watch that film. I, I wish they stayed more on Wesley Snipes' character, but everything, everyone else they could put in the bin. Seeing them both trying to get into a G20 summit, actually. Yeah, exactly. That, like, I could just imagine them bouncing off each other. I would have loved that. Yeah. Um, you had comedian Michael Blackson playing his general. 
He had a cameo from rapper Rick Ross in there as well. And oh, yeah, Morgan I, Freeman. Morgan oh, Freeman. No. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Well, who? Yeah, was he, he was in the original. The, no, he wasn't in the he original. Wasn't, no. but, but he was playing himself. I think he was literally being there to be Morgan Freeman, the actor yeah. hired as the writer because he was so rich. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Morgan Freeman being Morgan Freeman. He had Salt and Pepper in there as well. Yes, I, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, John Legend did a cameo. Okay, so my question is, well, I had to go back and watch the original film just to like has a palate yeah. cleanser. Gladys oh. Knight was there too. Yes, Gladys Knight. Yeah, some Flipping really out. big names. They're so, some really big names. Do, do, do we feel this film was more of a moment and no one will remember it in like next year? Because I feel I feel the original film stands the test of time. You can go back to it anytime. I don't think anything about it was time locked. Obviously, you had references to the time, like this, the, the Jericho and stuff like that. But I don't mm. think it's time locked as you saw in this film where they're just picking the biggest stars at the moment yeah. without any context. Like who? Why, why do we have Rick Cross playing an African guy all of a sudden? It just, it just didn't make any sense. Do we think anyone will remember this film in a, in, a, in a year's time? Well, talking to a few of my friends who saw it, they didn't like it. So I, I don't think it will be remembered. I, I don't think it hit the mark as much as they thought they, that they wanted to. Because they started using slang like fleek and they tried, they tried to, like I don't know, engage the kids a lot more. The original film was set in Queens and filmed in Queens. It looked real. You could tell this new film was just on a film set. They never went to Africa. It was all in front of a green screen. There was something so artificial about it that really just, it, it disappointed me. Really? Very disappointed. What did you think, Trevor? Like, first of all, do you think it's going to be time? Like, do you think people are going to remember it? Oh, that's such an interesting question. I think one of the things about coming to America is it was on a conveyor belt of Eddie Murphy movies. And I think it was something like uh, Beverly Hills Cop, um, The Golden Child, and um, I'm not sure if Beverly Hills Cop 2 came out again, but there was like a series of films that came out. And I think the excitement around the first coming to America was this is Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall in a vehicle together doing a feature film. Whereas I think now what you've got is it's Eddie Murphy taking the back seat and he's let all of these like comedy, comedy, comedy and music uh, alumni take centre stage. So there's obviously going to be a coming to America soundtrack and there's obviously a crossover of Saturday Night Live um, alumni who's come in. But I don't think it makes it any funnier because it should the Prince Akeem story was central to what made it funny. It's more like a road movie. Whereas now it's kind of mixed in the kind of this slightly different agenda of correcting the wrongs of the misogyny of the first one. It, yeah, it did feel a bit like that, didn't it? <laughs> so, so do we feel it was an overcorrection to the point where everything was just stifled? Well, actually, Jay, have you seen the first one? I rewatched it in preparation for yeah. watching the second one, but then in the end, it was kind of like, well, they did so many flashbacks to the first one. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I really didn't need to watch the first <laughs> one again. But, um, well, ask one question: as as a woman watching the first Coming to America in two thousand and twenty-one, did you feel like offended, or did you find it humorous? 
and really not neither. It was kind of more like a uh, eye roll thing, more than a you know this makes me angry. It's misogynistic. Um, it was kind of like well, it's what that was in the eighties, wasn't it? So yeah, it was quite common to see back then as well. So yeah, not I yeah, I, it, it it didn't make me angry. It just kind of like uh, another one. <laughs> you know. Um, Okay, so can I just say before I, I pose my next question, I actually got it right. When we did the um, the trailer review, I actually said that he had a son with someone they met in the club scene and it, and it actually did um, transpire in, in this film. Um, so when we look at the writers of this film, so the original writers, Barry and David, came back, who also wrote... Uh, so the original film, uh, Coming to America, they also wrote Boomerang and The Nutty Professor. Um, so the big hits. Yeah, so th- they're known for um, writing uh, classics, shall we say. But for this sequel, they decided to hire uh, Kenya Barris. And for those that don't know who he is, he is actually the writer of um, The Barbershop, The Next Cut. He also wrote Girls Trip, Shaft 2019. Um, and he was the uh, creator, director, and executive producer of Blackish. Um, he also created Grownish, Mixedish. Guy's got a real problem with it ish. And he also. <laughs> um, <laughs> Actor, creator, director, writer, executive producer of Black AF, which is currently on Netflix. So this guy is rooted in obviously black comedies. Uh, that's I guess, and that's one reason why they brought on. But there was something just less authentic about this film, even though they hired him to give a modern um, take on what it would be like to be a black royal family. And I think he really took away from the essence of what made Akeem um, likable. Exactly. I don't think yeah. he was likable in this at all. And it was like, also, I, I'm sure, I'm sure the guys didn't even watch their own first film because there was a moment where yeah. Akeem and Lisa were interacting, and then she mentioned, "Oh, you're not my first guy." And then Akeem's like, oh, "What is that?" And I'm thinking, Akeem, you met her when she was literally engaged to someone else. You yeah, stole yeah. her from another man. And yeah. you're, you're <laughs> pretending you don't remember. She had other, like, and I was thinking, did the writers watch the first, the first film before they wrote this? Like, because that was just such a massive plot hole. So obviously you can tell I'm quite upset about this film. As a comedian, are you upset about the film? That yeah, there's, there's hardly any funny. jokes in it. it. It wasn't that funny. I didn't, I didn't laugh. I did not laugh. Mm. So, like, me and my brother discussing. So, in the first film, the funniest part was when Mr. Soul Glow threw the yeah. uh, milkshake at Akeem, like, in such disrespect. Like, how would you throw a full carton of yeah. milkshake and not expect it to, f- like, to spill on someone? And, yeah. like, obviously, it was a massive laugh out loud moment. There was yeah. none of that in this film. Yeah. Like, I think I, I probably didn't. I probably just hummed a bit like, hmm, that was about it. That's as much as I laughed during this film. You know, one of the things that was really, I mean, for example, I'll add on to that. Uh, Randy Watson, 
the funniest thing about Rand- the Randy Watson character is literally, as I mentioned earlier, him just continuing saying sexual chocolate to get a round of applause mm. after his poor performance. And he didn't even do it <laughs> once in oh. the second one. And I'm thinking, like, oh, why bring it back? This is so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah cheap. It's, it's like a cheap recall. But the interesting thing was, I do like, it is funny seeing Arsenio Hall play the Reverend Brown and roll his eyes like he's a zombie. But it's a little bit more belly laughs to be had than him just doing that. And I felt like, um, I'm not sure if they get extra equity playing more characters, but it's kind of like, it felt like some of them were just like uh, background dressing rather than actually performing um, to change the plot of the story. I think you you might get extra equity because you get more credits, don't you? Mm. So, yeah, you you might do. Um, but. That, that, there was something I wanted to tag on to the end of that. There was something else that just really just infuriated me. Jewish soul, Clarence the Barber. Actually, yeah, so the barbershop. So the yeah. barbershop, they go back to the barbershop, which whatever you have to, I guess. But the directions for Blue Who he's already gone to his flat already. And he's yeah. told them where he works, where he's shipping um, tickets, because he's um, a hawker, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah, so the, the the barber shop, which by their own admission, the whole area is gentrified. Yeah, yeah. Gentrification is like in full steam, and they're still there as a barber shop that probably gets two clients per month. Yeah. So how the hell do they still pay to be in that area unless they're selling drugs at the back? And yeah. also, also, where was the original landlord, the guy who had all those rooms? Um, oh, yeah, he sold. Had, he rented them the flat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He probably like, sold the building. That's how it got gentrified. I don't. I don't like. I don't. I don't think he, his character would have. I think he he enjoyed just just being an asshole to people. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, <laughs> maybe he, he didn't want to. He wanted an easier life. Maybe. Um, but, but it is thirty years on as well. So thirty years on, he he may have wanted to just change a scene. Just chill. Yeah. Because remember, in, in the first one, he. He pretty much got all of the Kim's like flash stuff because he mm. took his room, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he he may have wanted to just like live the, the lifestyle and sell all the room, sell the building, and move on. Who knows? Okay, next question. Okay, true, true. That okay. I I, I would accept that. But what about Mister Soul Glow himself? Now, obviously, Jerry <laughs> Curl was a fade, was a fad. And it went out of uh, fashion pretty quickly, coming to the nineties. Did he? Did he, as an entrepreneur, take on something else? Could they have gone into like I don't know, weaves, making weaves and stuff like that? I would have liked to have seen what was the next venture for that family because they put everything into that. I would have liked to have seen that personally, and I think they missed the trick of not um, fleshing but, out that. But but how interesting would that have been though? Because I mean, like he's—I mean, he's out of the picture now, isn't he? But well, they did have a groomer, uh, stylist character in the film, didn't they? They uh, did. So that could have been the crossover point. And I think, what if his motivation was to try and be as rich as Akeem because that's what how he lost Lisa, yeah. and he ended up going completely the wrong direction. I just think I would have liked to have seen what how he would have turned out because Can I don't I think something about Eric Lasalle. Because um, he, 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 I think he's a really good actor, but he tends to get shortchanged 
on the characters that he played because I remember him being in ER and I think um, it was like it was famous for obviously having George Clooney and um, Anthony Edwards in it but it's like I remember in like season one the first plot he had he was like um, he's like his brother was a drug addict his mum got shot his sister was raped and stuff like that and then it was like he just ended up becoming a side character to a love story between George Clooney and um, the other lady that was in it so it's like he does get the, the fair brunt of stuff going on. So I can imagine that's just the curse of um, being Eric LaSalle at the moment. Well, I, yeah, because I thought he was supposed to be bigger than George Clooney in um, ER. I thought that was the big uproar that he was supposed to be the main character. And then people just started saying, oh, George Clooney's like, he's a fantastic looking guy. And, like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and then he just got signed. Yeah, so I remember that happening. But yeah. that I guess that was Hollywood at the time. Um but yeah, they, they should have threw, they should have threw him a bone at least. I overall. So actually, before before we wrap up, I just want to say how this film came to be on um, on Amazon because usually yeah. things go to um, obviously uh, Netflix a lot of the time. So it was released on Prime Videos on the fourth of March. It was initially scheduled to be in theaters, uh, released by Paramount Pictures on. Wow, August the 7th, like 2020. But then it got pushed back, obviously, to December um, because of COVID. And then in November 2020, Amazon Studios acquired the distribution rights uh, for $125 million uh, US dollars. And this was set uh, against a a budget of $60 million. Dollars. So, serious question: If it was released in theaters, how much of a flop would it have been? Uh, I think mm. it would have probably been big. I mean, um, yeah. do you think? Yeah, because the thing is, there isn't a laugh out loud line that even you can even remember from the film, let alone the trailer. And I think if you look at the the comedy, it, okay, the 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 Vapoto uh, Izzy or. Um, the one, the, the woman who was turned into barking dog. That yeah. was a funny moment in the scene, and I think it was cut away for the trailer in the original. But in the second one, she really doesn't have anything to do. I mean, it's a clever thing for the motivation for General Izzy to kind of want to attack the um, Prince of Keen. But it stopped being funny. You see what I mean? Definitely. Considering no, she'd been doing it for so long. I mean, like, yeah. how ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ridiculousness of it. I mean, 30 years of hopping on one foot and barking like a dog. Yeah. And it, Yeah. I think that one made me angry, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So how, how did they... That's what I'm saying. So how did they address misogyny by being misogynistic in, in, in the sequel? I don't think they did. Because it's like, I think one hour and 23 minutes, they make a reference to... I, don't, I really want to get this woman's name right. I think it's a Queen Aeolion. They only make reference to her like one hour, 25 minutes into the film. And really what you're looking at is a story of a male guy who's failed to change anything in his home country or home region. Mm-hmm. And he's continually looking at how he can change himself. The women don't really change anything. I mean, in the opening scene, there's some martial arts you get, to, you get to see women in different roles, um, which are not just that of servitude. But the reality is, 
the women don't physically change anything. I mean, yes, the daughter has a confrontation with General Azizi and is implied that they had a tete-a-tete or negotiation to change things around. But you don't actually get a scene where the woman says, this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to do it. It's always, oh, let's wait for Prince Akeem to do something. And, it's, uh, and he starts meandering and he takes more counsel from um, the, the CEO of McDowell's and his dad rather than any of the women. In the original film where he made her bark and hop on one leg, I think they were speaking to how ridiculous that actually is. Mm. That That is a thing that is possible. Like, I, I think Akeem was actually naive to think that was even possible. And that's the reason he did it. I don't think he did it in a... Uh, a misogynistic way. You just thought, oh my goodness, this is like so ridiculous. This is what I can get a woman to do by yeah. dint of being a prince. Um, but then for her to be still doing it 30 years later. Yeah, that's what, I think that's the misogynistic part that they still had her doing it for 30 years. Because when she stops doing it, she still doesn't get any dialogue. She just gets the bark. Yeah, but also even even with um, Izzy's daughter, when he was trying to pass her off to Akeem's son, it was kind of like, you know, she was like, I like what you like. So basically, <laughs> you know, and everything was kind of like about service to him once again. Oh, my goodness. So, so basically we're saying that this film is, in a way, even though it came out and it, it, it was filmed in 2019, was set to release in 2020, but actually inevitably came out in 2021 it is actually more misogynistic than a early 80s yeah film. It's just it, I, I think it's just as it's just in a different way yeah. i think officially it doesn't beat the bechdel test yeah if you if you try to pick one female character who's not dependent on um talking about another male character they, they're not in there like even well, the sisters they're, they're only functioning in the film is to worry about whether um, the new guy is going to be become the prince and become the heir to the throne. They, they literally don't talk about anything else. Well, there, there was a uh, a drunk scene where Lisa and Mary were just talking about both being from Queens. And that's another thing, like, what I was going to say, so, like, Leslie Jones was acting like Lisa was, was born a queen when she was actually from Queens herself. Like, she came mm-hmm. from the same neighbourhood as you. You probably like grew up around each other you probably saw each other around the neighborhood so like i don't know why they set them to like at loggerheads as well um i just thought that was a really odd choice i wonder i wonder if it's an editing thing where there might be like a director's cut extended cut where she gets to confess that she wasn't born a queen but yeah it was a bit weird that that was happening and that she was also a self-confessed hoe as well even though she seemed to be looking after her family like not just her son, but her extended family. Please like God no. House. Please God no. Don't let there be a director's cut. I will <laughs> burn it with fire, kill it with holy water if there is one. Um, before we before before we wrap this up, do um do we have any um? Actually, no. That's what I was gonna say. Would 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 you have seen this in the cinema? Would you have paid to see this in the cinema? I don't think I would have. You know what? I if I had seen Dolomite beforehand, and I knew Wesley Snipes was in it, I probably, I probably would have gone out with one of my mates who had seen the original. So I, I think it would have been like one of my older friends. But I think we would have come out of it like a bit angry and disappointed mm. that it's become this mishmash of not saying one thing because it feels like they cut off. 
Eddie Murphy's comedy nuts, but they brought the women in and they didn't really get them to do anything interesting. Interesting. Unlike yeah. showpiece. Yeah. Well, well, Eddie Murphy's been on this mission for a few years since he announced he's coming back to do stand-up yeah. comedy as well, to yeah. write all the all the perceived wrongs that he did in the 80s yeah, so yeah. and the 90s, actually. So obviously this film, although it tried to um, give women a voice, did completely the opposite and actually made mm-hmm. them even more submissive. Um, he, he obviously came out and said that he regrets all of the homophobic jokes he made during Raw and yeah. I can't remember what the other stand-up was called. Delirious, uh, um, that was it. Delirious, yeah, yeah. So, <coughs> so I think he's, he's on his mission and it's not his fault. Why is my voice breaking? <coughs> sound like I'm crying. I'm not crying about the... We're <laughs> choked up. up about Eddie Murphy's failure to bring back his comedy legacy to life. No, seriously. If yeah, if anything, I'm crying that I wasted a hundred and ten minutes on this film. I oh, can I say sorry to interrupt. There's one good question that I saw on IMDb, which was about which comedy character should Eddie Murphy bring back, and I just wanted to ask if it wasn't coming to America. What comedy character or what comedy film do you think he should have brought back as an alternative? Um, I'd probably say Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. I have to say, I see. I I enjoyed quite a few of his films growing up. I mean, but I think I probably enjoyed Nutty Professor more. Okay. Okay. But you know, that's just my taste and humour. I think maybe. Do you know what I would have liked him to do? Is Golden the Golden Child? just to bring back the detective who's like the smart mouth who doesn't believe in magic. I think that had a lot of potential. And um, I think that was another, and it was obviously a hit film, but I think it's one of Eddie Murphy's catalog that doesn't get uh, a good scene to, and it's not entirely dependent on swearing as well. Um, True. But, yeah, it sounds, but, no, but it sounds like you want to redeem that character. I don't think that was a good character. Do you think it was a good character? Um, it was funny. I think it was. It had a lot of comedy potential. It was pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, but exactly. you're talking about potential. I was talking about characters that were really good yeah. even back then, and I would like to see what they're doing now. But even, even the guy from 48 Hours or Trading Places, like I, I wouldn't mind seeing what they're, yeah. they're up to at the moment. Which I think they are in the same. Well, Trading Places is definitely in the same universe as Coming to America. But I think um, they made yeah, reference with the, the picture on the wall, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think the son is applying for a job, and it turns mm. out the great great grandson of the Trading Places guys opens mm. his job on business. Cool. Um, yeah. So that was the MKH cut, and we spoke about our first ever. Amazon Prime entry, which was coming to America. Um, I, I'm sure you can guess from my voice, I was extremely disappointed. We might not ever return to Amazon Prime for this. Sorry. <laughs> you, All you of my friends seen... were disappointed as well. Yeah. They were like, first 15 minutes I had to switch it off. <laughs> yeah, they, they have themselves to blame. I'll tell you what, I, I will say this one last thing. If it did come out in cinemas, the first weekend it would have done about 30 million in sales and then it would have died completely off because everyone yeah. would have come out of the cinema complaining. Mm. I'm telling you, there's yeah. no way that would have survived. Um, but with that being said, we move on and upwards. Um, I want to say thank you to my co-host for 
um, I guess, assisting me on this dissection of um, what can only be described as a corpse of um, of a a, a, a comedy. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, we all film. agree on that. <laughs> on, on, on how badly it was done. You're gonna yeah. pull a corpse into America. Yeah, exactly. Like it was just oh, terrible. So, no, sorry, I, Eddie. I, yeah, I think one of the things is you might have failed doing a comedy film if one of your funniest characters is known for being an action star. Because I think Wesley Snipes probably held his own as a... He wiped the floor with character. everyone else. In terms of comedy, he wiped the floor <laughs> with everyone else in that film. You, you, yeah. you guys should hang your heads in shame that mm. you got hung out to dry by a tax evader. Like, yeah. just think Blade, about that. Blade chopped him up. Yeah, go to your room and think about your actions. Anyway, I'd like to say thank you for uh, to Trevor for joining me. Thanks for having me. And thank you for Jay. Thanks for having me. Excellent. That has been uh, Geek Sweat. This has been the MKH Cut and I've been MKH. We shall see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>